drop. This is our edition number eight as the Broncos are about to play their eighth game of the season. They are two and five this year, a very disappointing two and five after getting embarrassed last Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. The Broncos score on their opening drive for a six nothing lead. The final score, Chiefs 30, Broncos 6. So obviously, after that touchdown drive, the Broncos did not play well. Uh, a lot of problems for the team. I just didn't think they were ready for the moment. They thought they were. There was a lot of excitement. But a team that's done a lot of losing wasn't ready for a big, exciting game like that. They were 5-11 and 6-10 and and their previous two years. They were 1-3 and three to finish up uh, 2016. The Broncos 14-29 and 29 since the final quarter of 2016. Uh, defense let them down in that opening drive. Uh, then they had, uh, by, by allowing a touchdown, Mahomes, um, to a, to a little-known receiver, uh, number 17. I, don't, I can't remember his name right now, but uh, Hardman or something like that. But uh, the Broncos gave up that touchdown, and uh, after the Broncos went for two, and did not get it against the Chiefs. They um, fell behind on the extra point. And let's see here. I'm, I, okay, let's start over with the. Uh, let's start over. Let's start over on the podcast. McCole Hardman. That was Hardman. I had it right. Okay. Three, two, one. <clears throat> Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Kliss's Mic Drop. This is uh, our uh, eighth edition as the Broncos are about ready to play their eighth game against the Indianapolis Colts. Today, you'll hear from Justin Simmons. I uh, had a fine talk with Justin. Uh, what a player he is. Uh, he's got a, a consecutive snap streak of 1,443 going back to the opening game of last year. That leads all defensive players in the NFL five more than Malcolm Jenkins, who also has uh, made every snap for the Eagles at safety since the start of last year. So uh, Justin, a very nice conversation with him. He opened up, uh, talked a little more freely uh, for our podcast than he does uh, than he normally does when he's in front of the podium, in front of a, a large group. So I think you're really going to enjoy that conversation. In the meantime, let's go over what happened with the Broncos in the Chiefs game. Uh, they're up 6-0 after their opening drive, really had some nice balance, had two big penalties where they were coming off the field, and the Chiefs committed two penalties. They were penalties, and uh, the Broncos kept that drive alive, scored a touchdown. They go for two. I personally agreed with it after uh, <clears throat> the penalty, and uh, they got it at the one-yard line. Maybe didn't agree with the call. Lindsey straight up the gut without Andy Janovich on the field to uh, – to lead the way. So uh, good for going for it, not necessarily good on the call. And it's, uh, it's uh, they, they missed the two-point conversion. And then Kansas City comes right back. And uh, the Denver defense didn't sustain momentum by stopping Mahomes. Mahomes uh, came right down the field. And then after that, there were a couple bad uh, field position drives for the Broncos defense. They did well after the long punt return. Um, by McCole Hardman. Hardman caught the touchdown pass uh, on that opening drive. Then it had a long touchdown or a long punt return that uh, led to a field goal. Denver D did well, holding the Chiefs to a field goal. And then again, 
uh, after a turnover, uh, the Chiefs had the ball uh, at their uh, uh, deep in Broncos territory. And um, again, the Broncos defense did pretty well holding the Chiefs to a field goal, although it was first and goal at the three when Mahomes left with a, that dislocated kneecap and certainly hope that uh, Mahomes is going to be okay. Everything early sounds positive as far as him coming back in three weeks. We'll have to wait and see. I sure hope that's the case. Be careful, though, Kansas City. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is one valuable commodity, probably the uh, most valuable commodity in the National Football League. He is the defending MVP. He's also, uh, if you start a franchise tomorrow, Patrick Mahomes has to be your, your first pick. But the Broncos just embarrassed themselves, especially on offense. It was, uh, you know, Troy Aikman, those who uh, were watching the game and listening to the, to the uh, broadcast on the NFL Network and, and Fox, um, it was uh, just one of the most inept offensive performances uh, that I've seen in a while. Um, you know, I, I, the eight sacks were obviously problematic. It was a combination of uh, the tackles having a tough day, uh, interior and the interior offensive line they didn't pick up that double inside blitz from the linebackers um, there were a couple times when Joe uh, Flacco stepped up in the pocket looked for a secondary receiver held on to the ball too long and they got him uh, on the inside part of the pocket <clears throat> so bad all the way around and they were talking about how the receivers didn't get open so that's going to be big. Obviously, the big news of the week, Emmanuel Sanders getting traded to the San Francisco 49ers, a story that was broke by Nine News. The Broncos get a third and fourth round draft pick back, and that's, uh, that's a pretty good haul considering they only got a fourth rounder for um, uh, Demarius Thomas last year. So uh, uh, they, they gave a fifth rounder to the, to the 49ers, so it really amounts to a high third-round draft pick for the Broncos. For Emmanuel, it was 32. Um, his production has gone down. He's been banged up. He takes a lot of licks. He, he comes back ticking, but he does uh, take his share of licks and uh, coming off some double uh, ankle surgery. Uh, I thought the Broncos did pretty well, especially since Emmanuel wanted out. He walked into uh, Fangio's office on Monday, expressed frustration on how he's been used. This was after the Tennessee game when uh, he sat out the second half with the knee injury. Um, you know, the fact that he was able to play pra and practice fully two days later raised some suspicions from, among others, John Elway. And then um, he was back playing and played pretty well against the Chiefs. Five catches, 60 yards. Uh, but he uh, also let Elway know that he wanted out, wanted to change his scenery. So given all that, I thought the Broncos did pretty well with what they got back in return for Emmanuel. And um, again, it's, it's hard to believe that this offense that is so bad is uh, going to get better uh, without Emmanuel. It's hard to believe that they could get worse without Emmanuel. Be interesting to see what Rich Scangarillo comes up with. Scangarillo's had a great script this year. Uh, you know, really, the last three or four games, the team has moved the ball early in uh, every game, especially the last three games, been successful. But after the script, when the defense adjusts, uh, he has been unable to adjust back with his play calling and just getting the whole operation going. I was especially disappointed with four minutes left to go in the third quarter. 
Uh, Moore, Matt Moore, the backup, just hit uh, Tyreek Hill with a 59-yard touchdown. The Chiefs go up three touchdowns, 27-6. to six. The Broncos treated that next drive as if they were up by three touchdowns. Uh, they walked into the huddle. They spent time in the huddle. They walked up to the line of scrimmage, and then they ran the play. They were milking the clock down three touchdowns. I didn't understand that. So uh, that's it for the uh, as far as the, my uh, analysis of the Chiefs game. The best player on the field for the Broncos in the Chiefs game was Justin Simmons. He led the team in tackles. Early he made every tackle uh, on that first drive uh, for not. But uh, Justin Simmons leads the team in tackles. He's played every snap this year. He played every snap last year. He's uh, uh, right now. You, he would have to be a, a, a strong case for him being the MVP of the team uh, through seven games, uh, albeit for a team that's two and five. So enjoy uh, the conversation that I had with Justin Simmons, and then on the other side, we'll talk about taking on the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday in Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. Justin, let's go back to the Chiefs game. Uh, really, that first series, I thought, this might not be a good sign. You're making all the tackles. <laughs> and it is. You've been the leading tackler this year, and sometimes that's not good, is it? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, you look at it and you, you see a safety, um, you know, leading the tackles. But, um, you know, we've been getting a lot of, you know, quick game, a lot of runs. Um, and so, you know, Depending on obviously the calls and our defensive fronts, um, a lot of the times it's you know it's designed for it to bounce outside and for you know the secondary to be a part of the tackling. But um, you know I think for the most part we've we've been doing a good job. Obviously there are some things we want back, but um, still obviously a lot we can improve on. As a safety, you play more zone than man to man. I take it. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, the corners will play man to man, but you'll be back there, kind of zoning. When you're playing a zone and you're back there, whether you're one deep mm-hmm. or two deep, do you? Uh, I mean, do you have freedom to roam, watch the quarterback's eyes? Is that basically what you do? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of it is you know route recognition because you have a you know you're not just a free roamer. You have a specific job in c- certain coverages, um, but sometimes depending on what route combinations you get. Um, it's almost like you're a free player. Um, you may not necessarily have a specific job or your job is irrelevant due to the routes that they're running. And so um, we do our best, you know, to try and put all of our playmakers in, you know, great position to, you know, read those routes confidently and then just read the quarterback's eyes, you know, like you said, and get to the football. Um, I think that's, you know, that's a big emphasis on some of what we do. You lead the team in tackles. You got two interceptions not including the eight or nine you had in training camp. <laughs> but you also, I mean, play every play, literally every play. Just looked it up, uh, 1,443 consecutive snaps. Yeah, that's a lot. Leads all defensive players. Yeah. Uh, going back to the first game of last year, Malcolm Jenkins, a, a couple snaps behind you. Source of pride that you, that you play every single snap, every single game? Uh, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, um, I take joy in just the fact that, you know, being durable, um, your coaching staff trusting you to be out there, you know, for as many plays as you can. Um, you know, the way I like to look at it is, I, you know, 
Um, I like to be a, a problem solver, and a lot of what the offenses do nowadays is try and discombobulate, you know, a defense. And so um, while I'm out there, you know, I try my best to make sure everyone's on the same page. Even if we're all wrong, we're all right. And so, yeah. um, you know, being out there, I feel like that's one of the, you know, things that, that I try and bring to the table, um, you know, week in and week out. And so, um, like you said, you know, being out there for that many plays is, uh, you know, it's just a testament to, you know, the program that we have here, our strength staff, our you know, training staff, you know, getting me right. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely a blessing to be a part of that. I asked you this um, a couple of days ago when you were in the press room at the podium, but uh, that Chiefs game was one where the offense had about as tough a game as they've had in, in a long time. Mm -hmm. And this team has had a history on defense going back to maybe your rookie year where, you know, the offense struggled, the defense was playing great. And that year there was some finger pointing. It doesn't seem like there's that going on right now. And are you one guy cognizant of that and, and making sure that there is no finger pointing going on? Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely. I think, you know, one of the first things you look at is it's easy to say, um, oh, we didn't do this, we didn't do that on offense. But, you know, as a defense, I mean, you know, our offense went out and scored their first series. And then, you know, we're asked, one of our main goals on, a, on the defensive side of the ball is, you know, is to sustain the momentum. And so we go out there, we get a stop, get our offense right back on the field to keep that momentum going of them moving the football. And, um, you know, we were unable to do that. They go right down and they score. Um, and that's a huge impact on the game, um, whether, you know, people believe it or not, that's a huge impact. And then, um, you know, that carries weight momentum-wise for the rest of that first half. And um, there are a lot of things that we didn't do well, um, turnovers being another big one where we didn't give our offense a short field and, you know, opportunities to work the ball and to, you know, really stress that, that defense that the Chiefs have. And so um, they're, you know, while it's so easy for people to just finger point and think, you know, this way or that way, uh, there are a lot of things that we didn't do well enough in order to win that football game. What about the Colts? What's, uh, what scares you or not scares you but concerns you? You really have to be on top of your game to stop them. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a real efficient team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, Brissett does a great job of, um, you know, taking care of the football, um, taking what the defense gives him. Um, he has reliable guys all across the board. Um, you know, obviously, T.Y. has been doing it for a while. Um, you know, Jack Doyle and, and Ebron at the tight end position, you know, making plays for him. And a great running back in Mack um, and a great offensive line. And so um, they're just consistent, you know, control the clock. Um, you know, run the plays that they want to run at the tempo they want to run it. A um, lot of different personnels that they give you. And so, um, you know, this week it's going to be, we got to be on top of, you know, all of our checks, you know, our personnel recognition, um, you know, down and distance, everything is going to be, you know, huge this game because, you know, they do everything, um, I would say, you know, above average. Um, so. Yeah, the, I go back to that game two years ago and you, you were playing in that game against the Colts, mm -hmm. Jacoby Brissett. I didn't think he looked that good. Mm -hmm. uh, you got, or you guys didn't make him look that good. Your team had been struggling, but you won that game. And I remember Brock Osweiler to uh, Jeff Hireman, a big, yeah. big play in that game. But I take it as you watch film, Jacoby Brissett has come a long way in two years. Oh yeah, he's confident. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the biggest things is you know they showed confidence in him, and you know in terms of the contract, um, you know mm -hmm. that he got, and obviously with Luck being gone, they're like, hey, you're our guy, and you know we're sticking with you. And, that, that's a lot of confidence shown in, in a quarterback. And when you have that um, and you're playing well, you know, you just start building off that. Um, you know, obviously they've had great wins, you know, the Chiefs, the Texans, and then now they're playing at home versus us. So it's a, 
you know, it's a tall task going into Indy and coming out with a win. Um, but I think, you know, we're the group uh, that can get it done, and I'm excited for Sunday. Contract on Brissett, and now that there's some contract talk involving you, they got Andy Janovich done. I know the Broncos want to get you done and extended. Uh, I think they're a little scared you got a big-time agent, <laughs> and you're not going to come cheap. Uh, what, what, where are you at with that? Has there been discussions started? Yeah, um, you know, there were discussions uh, earlier on um, in this season, and um, I don't know, my agent was talking with me a little bit, and, you know, I, I had told him, like, <clears throat> obviously, you know, in terms of keeping me in the loop of what's going on, but for the most part, um, you know, unless you really don't think, you know, anything's going to be getting done during the season, I just want to focus and, yeah. and play my best ball. Um, I don't want to focus on, um, you know, what people think or, you know, what's being said or how much this, how much that, the value of this or the value of that. Um, you know, I really wanted to focus this year on um, playing my best ball for my teammates, um, you know, getting the defense down, um, trying to learn a new system with Vic and the staff. And so um, that's been my main focus is, you know, just trying to trying to be my best version of myself every week on Sundays for the team. I want to go back to what caused the Justin Simmons rule in the NFL, which, <laughs> which is what I call it. But uh, when you leaping over the line, I wonder how a guy with that amount of athleticism winds up you could you could play at any sport you wanted i assume you're a pretty good basketball player i had to work at it but you had to work <laughs> at it you could dunk i take it yeah All yeah right. dunking was fun oh, how did you wind up being a uh, the physical because uh, you're not the uh, you're not built like that water you mm -hmm. know as thick as that water as far as laying the wood yeah you do lay the wood but how'd you end up at safety which is such a physical demanding tackling position yeah, I was recruited out of high school um, to play corner actually at BC. Um, and then as time went on, you know, I think my first two years I played corner, maybe on and off at safety. Um, then going into my junior year, you know, I was, I was uh, Don Brown, our defensive coordinator at the time, you know, moved, moved me and said, hey, we're going to put you at safety because we, we like you as a player, but we have a lot of corners, a lot of veteran corners that we want to play as well. So I said, no problem. And um, then later on that season, I get end up moving back to corner. Then my senior year, I end up playing safety. And um, that's where I had my best season, uh, okay. my senior year at safety. And so, um, you know, it kind of just stuck. And I think one of the, you know, one of the blessings in disguise at the time was I had moved around so much and trying to learn at that time, too, what was a, a complicated defense to get a hold of. Um, there's so many checks that you make both at corner and safety that kind of just helped, um, like, elevate my game to kind of that next level. And so, um, it's been no easy journey, but, you know, it's been one that I've enjoyed. And I've had great coaches along the way, um, even obviously when I've been here. So In high school, long jump, triple jump, center field in baseball, anything <laughs> like that? Yeah, um, I didn't play baseball in, yeah. high, in high school, but growing up, center field um, mm. was the biggest one. But, yeah, track, um, I just did all the jumping. Um, I was on the 4x4, four four, mm -hmm. so that was fun. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun, you know, <laughs> competing in track. I miss those days. And then off the field, if Chris Harris has a charity event, you're there for him. If uh, Philip Lindsay or Emmanuel Sanders had an event, you were there for him. You've got, you do your own things for, for people. Just talk about your, your heart, uh, the platform you have in giving back because uh, you spend a lot of your off time trying to help others. Yeah, I... Uh... <clears throat> The way I look at it is uh, kind of twofold. Um, one, growing up, 
you know, I didn't get to where I am today, and I'm not saying I made it, but I didn't get to where I am playing in the NFL um, on my own. There are a lot of people that helped me um, along the way. Um, a lot of people that probably don't think that they helped, but made a big impact. And so, um, you know, one of the things I know growing up, though, that I wish I had was someone <clears throat> kind of in my position that gave back and um, genuinely just cared about, you know, the community. And so, um, that's one of the things that I think about, you know, when I'm going out and I'm giving, you know, my time. Um, I just think about, you know, especially the kids or, you know, those families that, you know, um, are going through a rough time, you know, being at UC Health or, or anything like that. Um, I just think about just giving my time and showing um, a little bit of appreciation for, you know, something that's bigger than football. Because people here, obviously, you know, you know, love their Broncos. And so um, it's something way bigger than yourself. Um, and then the second thing is just that it's way bigger than you know myself and you know it's so easy to get caught up in the world that you're in and you know the film study and the constant um, hours that you put into it um, and sometimes you don't have enough time to just really enjoy it especially during the season and so I try to make it a point to make sure I show up to events shake people's hands um, networking is important as everyone knows but um, it's just nice to it's nice to just be able to show face and I think one of the biggest things is just give your time to other people. Lastly, you know, I know football players come and go on a weekly basis in that locker room. You've probably had a lot of friends that here today, gone tomorrow. But it kind of struck me when I looked at Emmanuel's locker yesterday and his nameplate was gone, his locker was empty. I mean, here's a guy who was there for almost six years, mm -hmm. such a big part of the team, yeah. and he is gone. Did it, did it hit you? Did it seem a little funny not having Emmanuel around here the last couple days? Yeah, um, you know, it's one of those uh, those weird feelings. And I, I don't like, you know, making comparisons, but, um, you know, was, I kind of felt the same way, um, you know, when I saw DT's locker, yeah. you know, gone. Um, you're so used to just coming in and, you know, there are some people that you just think is staples. Um, and Emmanuel was one of those guys and obviously, um, you know, obviously, like he said, you know, all good things come to an end. But, um, yeah, you know, it was a, it was a weird feeling. Um, one that, honestly, you know, still adjusting to, um, mm -hmm. not having E in the, in the locker room for multiple, you know, different reasons. But um, in the same breath, you know, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's a tremendous athlete, um, you know, and I'm excited for him to, you know, still be able to showcase his talent. So, Justin, appreciate it. Broncos, 1,443 consecutive snaps dating back to uh, the opening game of last year. That streak would have lasted longer, but uh, he had that celebration penalty and missed the last three games of 2017. He was playing every snap uh, in the 2017 season also. So Justin Simmons uh, should be a pro bowler. Leads the team in tackles, leads the team in interceptions, and uh, hasn't missed the snap. Okay, the Broncos are 2-5. and five. They're going to play the Indianapolis Colts, who are one of the surprises of the season. First of all, they got the, uh, the jolt um, by uh, the retirement, unexpected retirement of Andrew Luck uh, just before the uh, season, late in the preseason. Uh, he got booed off the field by, uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium by Colt fans, and it looked like the reason why they were booing is uh, 
is the Colts uh, had no chance of making the playoffs or making a Super Bowl run without Andrew Luck, without their quarterback. But uh, uh, Colt fans of little faith, uh, Jacoby Brissett, pretty good. Now, the last time uh, the Broncos played the Colts two years ago in 2017, the Broncos were a bad team. They had lost eight in a row. They snapped that losing streak by uh, shutting out the Jets. And then uh, on a Thursday night, uh, they're down 10-0 to the Colts. Brissett's playing well. Chuck Pagano is the Colts' head coach. And then uh, Simeon gets hurt. Trevor Simeon gets hurt. And Brock Osweiler came off the bench and played maybe his best game, one of his top three games anyway, uh, with the Broncos. Uh, he was on fire off the bench. He hit that long touchdown pass. I think it was about 60 yards to uh, Jeff Ironman, straight down the seam. Beautiful pass. The Broncos won that game. Brissett did not play well. He was a very inaccurate quarterback. He apparently has come a long way in the last two years. This year, 14 touchdown passes, three interceptions. He's got a 101 quarterback uh, passer rating. That's 10th in the league. So Jacoby Brissett has come a long way. He has some, uh, he has some nice targets. T.Y. Hilton, as good as it gets, and he's still very productive. Chris Harris will have him, uh, his share of the game, probably maybe 50% of the time, Chris Harris will be, uh, will be uh, on T.Y. Hilton. And then they have two tight ends that are real good, Jack Doyle and uh, Ebron. Uh, those guys are really uh, good pass-catching um, receivers. And then Marlon Mack, their running back, has over 500 yards in six games. Uh, Indianapolis already had their bye, so they're a little fresher. Uh, they beat the Chiefs. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a big win for them two weeks ago. So uh, they look legit. Uh, their defense looks legit. But every game, here's what I'll say for, for Bronco fans. I, st I still don't think the Colts are that good. Yes, they're 4-2. Yes, they have a stout defense. They have some really good players with Quentin Nelson along their front line, with uh, Darius Leonard, the rookie of the year last year. He beat out Bradley Chubb for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, he's a really good player. But uh, uh, the Colts have won every game uh, by seven points or less. So uh, uh, they're not that good. I, I, I still think they're like a nine-win team, and they're four and two now. So I think the Broncos, if they, um, you know, can believe a little bit, um, I think they'll be all right. And maybe with Emmanuel and, and uh, you know, his frustration out of the locker room, maybe, maybe things will be better for the Broncos going forward. Um, if the Broncos win, uh, I don't think Chris Harris is going to get traded. If they lose, I think the Broncos will very much um, listen to offers for Chris Harris. As of now, they've died down. Uh, you had Baltimore that was uh, looking at him. You had um, the Houston Texans that were looking at Chris Harris. Both those teams went on to others, Marcus Peters um, and uh, Gary and Conley of the, of the Raiders went to the Texans for a third-round draft pick. Uh, at the time that those guys were dealt, the Broncos weren't ready to trade. No one was on the trading block. They had won two in a row. There was excitement going into the Chiefs game that if they won the Chiefs game, they were right back in it. And then they lost to the Chiefs. Now it's pretty obvious the Broncos are not a playoff team. They can be a competitive team. They can be an improved team. They can be better than last year, which was 6-10. and 10. But um, they're going to have to uh, get going quickly and get going uh, this week against the Indianapolis Colts. I do think they can beat the Browns next week at home. So uh, 
If they win this game, the Broncos at 4-5 and five going into the bye wouldn't be in bad shape, especially after an 0-4 start. So the Colts, uh, you know about their weapons. The big thing, though, for the Broncos, their offense has to get in gear. They have to score. Uh, Rich Gangarillo has been coaching these guys up hard this week. Um, I think you're going to see uh, more uh, wide-open football. I think you're going to see Joe pass the ball more. Maybe it's quicker passes. It needs to be quicker passes because uh, they have to stop. Uh, they have to get rid of the ball in uh, in less than four seconds. They got to get rid of it in less than 3.5 seconds if they're going to be effective. Uh, struggling too much along the offensive line. Jawan James is back this week, but don't be surprised if he struggles. I mean, he's missed the last six games uh, because of a left knee strain. So it's a tall task for the Broncos. Garrett Bowles will start at left tackle, as I understand. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson will be the backup. But uh, because of James coming back after six weeks' absence, I don't think he's going to play the whole game. Uh, Fangio said he was not. Uh, so all three tackles will play in this game. They have to play better. They have to recognize the inside linebacker blitz better. Uh, that, I think that falls on Flacco and Connor McGovern, the center pre-snap. So uh, imperative uh, that the Broncos carry their weight in this game against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I think if they score 20, they can win. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, that's a tall task because they they're averaging 16. Uh, which ranks 29th in the league. So uh, they have to really rebound here against the Indianapolis Colts. If they do, it kind of changes their season. If they don't, then uh, it continues on a downward path, and um, it could get ugly as the season goes along, especially when you look at the other side of the bye. The other news of the week was, uh, besides the Emmanuel trade, was uh, John Elway saying he's going to wait. Uh, Nine News was the first to report. They're going to wait on Drew Locke. He won't start practicing until after the bye. Uh, Tim Patrick uh, will be ready against Minnesota. But other than that, it's either it's, it sounds like it's either Locke or Riddick, probably depending on what they do against the Colts um, as far as the guy they're going to activate uh, after the bye. Uh, they start practicing in Minnesota, and then a couple weeks later they're eligible to be activated. I still think it'll be Drew Locke. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but if the team is four and five at the bye, there's a chance Theo Riddick would be the guy they activate. So um, that's it from uh, on Mike Kliss's, uh, with the, uh, what do we call it? We call it the uh, Kliss's Mic Drop. That was uh, edition number eight. We'll do this again next week. Uh, I hope everybody uh, enjoys the game on Sunday. Should be a good one. I do think the Broncos are going to play well and play competitive after they were embarrassed against the Chiefs. They had that 10-day break to get it right. And I think Vic Fangio instilled a lot of mental toughness in the Broncos in the offseason with longer practices, with uh, padded practices, physical. I think at some point this year that mental toughness is going to pay dividends for the Broncos, maybe even this Sunday against the Colts. So thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Justin Simmons, our special guest. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week.